Hi, and welcome to the Dewing Grain podcast. Dewing Grain are independent and local grain traders. From seed supply to harvest movement and storage contracts, they can offer you the best strategies to achieve the highest prices for your harvest. Each week on our podcast, we begin with the Dewing Grain Market Report, giving you up-to-date information and analysis, followed by the Farm Chat, where we catch up on agricultural issues with a guest or two, whilst occasionally sampling a beer, Andrew's favourite bit. So let's start with Andrew Dewing with this week's Market Report. Welcome to the Market Report. What follows are my thoughts or gut instincts on what the market is going to do. It is not an instruction to trade. Any decision to trade is yours. Market report for week commencing 14th of August 2023. Well, everything hit us this week, but squarely between the eyes. We have a conversation following uh, this market report or price update which is the four traders in the Ailsham office at that point in time, having a conversation about where we think the market's at. Interesting facts, Josh had been off to Denmark and Sweden to look at the barleys over there because word has it that uh, they weren't too sharp, so he'll fill you in on that. Uh, And that is actually quite valuable information. So I'm going to be very brief this morning because, believe it or not, there's a lot going on. So oilseed rate price for harvest is at 350 I don't know whether that's going to go up or down. It sounds like it's a bit weak or low to me, but I have a long history of getting oilseed rate wrong. So over to you. I guess that's near enough £400 done with the bonus added. I don't think many people are going to be selling it who haven't already done so. Let's move on swiftly to feed barley. X-Farm spot movement or very immediate movement, £150 a tonne. Unless you are immediate, immediate, got to move it today movement, and then it's got to go to a store, and it's probably a tenner less than that. If you wait, feed barley will be trading at around about £20 discount to wheat. So if you get, say, I'll, I'll now give you the November fee wheat price, which is currently 180 so you'll get 160 for feed barley in November. So moving properly onto feed wheat, clearly there's going to be a two-tier market. There's immediate movement. People who own stores, people who can dry their own grain, etc., are going to benefit from owning those facilities to the tune of probably, well, we would pay 175 delivered into a store the day you cut it if you want. A store should be somewhere reasonably near to you, in Norfolk anyway, and therefore, you know, 175 delivered versus 180 X farm for November. There's not much in that except you're delivering all the way to Aylesham or to South Pickenham or to Honingham or Holcombe or wherever. So it's, you know, over to you. You're handling it, storing it, finance, money not in the bank, etc. All adds up to there's not that much in it. I do think there will be some harvest pressure of some type shortly because I think the yields, and I'm very parochial with this, and I'm also very conscious. A number of our listeners, you know, obviously we've got our homebred guys that we trade with all the time who just make sure what nutty stuff we're up to locally. But we've got a, a wider spread of people who listen to us from all over the country. And I apologise for my parochialness in terms of weather. And our conversation is actually based on East Anglia. And I'm very conscious that certain parts, of the, like the north of the country, are having worse weather or not such good harvesting conditions. Silly soft southerners have the sun shining on them. But I would just say that, you know, I have to report the details of what's happening specifically here, and I haven't got a northern correspondent who I can quote. So I would just say I apologise if your weather is not doing quite the nice things that we're having here. 
So harvest is going to happen, it is happening right now all over the place. People are cutting the rest of the spring barley if there's any left. Winter barley's done, rape should be done, I'm sure by now, unless people just abandoned it. And they're on to wheat. Now most of the wheats are performing well, but there are issues within that. Some varieties didn't have reacted badly to septoria and they've not able to be kept clean enough, so sometimes the yields aren't quite as much as people hoped. In saying that, most people are generally reasonably cheerful about the yields they're getting. The quality, the average of our intake kilo weights on wet weight so far is 73.7. When the stuff is dried, that's going to be higher than that. We had within that stuff that's lodged, which is a lower spec, lower than the 72 kilo weight for futures. But the average is there, and as I say, once it's gone through the dresser, the dryer got all the chaff out, etc., I think we're going to have a quality enough crop to be futures anyway. Certainly we've got the first 2,500 tonnes of hailstorm in, in that spec. And yeah, as I say, prospects short-term bearish, longer-term. I think the world's got some issues going on at the moment, and there's a little spot of dishonesty about which countries need to buy and which ones don't and what surpluses there are and what there aren't. I think possibly the, the crop report from the States, the USDA have a history of being a little bit slow on the uptake in terms of accurate reporting of potential yield. I think the yield is potentially higher than they're stating on the basis of the of the information we have anyway. So that could be slightly bearish, but I don't think there's a massive downside to this market. So you, if you have got strength in storage, yes, we're going to see a drop in the short term, but let's let's look at holding stuff through to next February, March, April. And I think we ain't going to be far off these prices or higher by the time we get there. But it's got to go down first. That's what's got to happen, in my view. I could well be wrong on that, but I don't think I am, as usual. Which just leaves me with malting barley, which is the most exciting market. Immediate spot movement is a discount. Immediate spot movement has been a very good price. It's perked up during harvest. Winter malting barley is 220 delivered. That's what it is or was worth at the point when you frantically cut it at 18 19% and got it in. Later on in the year, you will probably make 250x farm. But you have to consider finance, £2 a month, nearest damn it. You have to consider storage, 16 17 quid. You have to consider haulage out from the central point as well. So I would say winter malting barley 220 is where the market's going to settle itself. And spring malting barley of the right grade, 230. If it's an, a 185 nitrogen, it will be slightly less than that. Probably the same as the winter prices. So I think it's been a buoyant enough market, the issue we discuss in depth in the second half of this podcast. So with that, I hope your combine doesn't break down. I hope all your harvest gets done. I hope you're very cheerful with the rest of your family. And I hope you get some sleep somewhere in amongst these uh, busy days. Have a lovely week. Thank you for listening. Please remember that any decision to trade on this opinion is yours. The Dewing Grain app will keep you updated with real-time industry news, data analysis and insights into the market, giving you all the information you need to make informed trading decisions. A commodity selling feature enables you to source prices and receive direct offer notifications, informing you on what Dewing Grain are looking to buy and at what price. Search Dewing Grain on the App Store or Google Play to download. And with all of these features in your pocket, you'll have more time to sit back and listen to our podcast. To set up a trading account with us, call 01263 731 550 or email info at doinggrain.co.uk. 
Okay, market chat this week. We've got the full squad of Ben, Webby and Josh. Right, our international correspondent, Josh, has been to Denmark and Sweden in the last few days on the crop tour, and we think that's been a very valuable trip. What say you, Josh? Yeah, it's been nice to have some time off in the middle of harvest, to be fair. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we didn't miss you. I must admit, I've had those comments from like three people, and I was like, yeah, no, you're probably right. No, it was interesting. I've got to be honest, I haven't got a lot to compare it to other than driving around the UK and looking at spring barley fields, but they are dreadful. You say you haven't got anything to compare it to, but you know a good barley and a bad barley. Oh yeah, of course, yeah. But what I mean to say is I haven't been out in a Scandinavian crop tour before, so I wouldn't necessarily know what they're used to. I think last year they were getting nine tonnes a hectare, and this year they're getting three to four, and it's feed barley. Well, that was the bit that was concerning because you were an awesome correspondent because we just had images of handfuls of barley pretty much every 20 minutes, half an yeah, hour. Well, we, to be fair, it's a really well-organised tour and it is actually fairly full-on. I think you spend about 20 minutes, half an hour at each farm, which isn't a lot of time. Lunch, is anything like that you eat is on the go. You're very strict on timings and there's no pissing about we saw lots of different farms the way they run and they're not taking to the worst fields because you can drive along it and you can see the secondary growth in it that we don't have that problem in the UK or in Norfolk. The worrying thing is, if you got taken to the best, I wonder what the worst looks like. Those images, I didn't say anything that was acceptable in a UK maltings. I think it's odd, because there were a few maltsters there, I'm not going to name them, but they were Scandinavian maltsters, fairly big, big time. And when we first got there, they were kind of laughing and joking and thinking, oh, you know, oh, this is funny, oh, this barley is pre-germination, they've taken us to the worst field. Anyway, by the end of the trip, they were panicking quite a lot, and they actually missed the last farm and disappeared off to the office because they knew it didn't look so sharp. Well, you certainly changed our view in the office. Just one thing I observed, there was a massive second growth in that. And we always moan about, you know, outsourcing bee killing and stuff and how it's not fair on UK agriculture. The Danes and the Swedes are not allowed to use Roundup, are they? No, they're not. So that's their main issue. They've got that. Also, any fob barley that goes to them, there is a contract clause in the contract saying you can't use Roundup so any UK merchant doing that really, I know I'm sure they know that anyway and I must admit it does make you think if we ban Roundup in the UK then this would be a seriously good reason for it Just to summarise it because you've obviously gone through it there but I mean you saw pretty hideous splits in barley germinations there sprouted grains there was second growth you name it it was kind of there wasn't it the photos we looked at had hideous discoloured mycotoxin you know as you're right you name it it was there and the barleys we were looking at here were able to compare the two thinking these look wonderful so we've been incredibly forgiving on some of our stocks haven't we on the back of it yeah i mean also just probably would like i'd say this about myself anyway but i don't think i'm in that regard overly dramatic i always think something's usable but and the pictures i took weren't being dramatic they were quite literally just average pictures and there was no point taking pictures of picking out bad ones because it was all that bad you did make an interesting comment though that the perception is that on the continent they will find a way of using it so i've reflected on that these maltsters that were you know a few were there saying look we can use this we put this straight in the steep you know kind of tongue-in-cheek that's fine but they can only take so much at harvest to do that so they were going to but then at the same time were they just talking their book were they just saying oh this is all usable thinking shit actually none of it's usable it's all feed maybe. so like i did think that maybe that their attitude so for the farm point of view and for the molster point of view is they knew that the barley was shot so the farm was like do you know what i'm going to forget about cutting spring barley i'm going to go into wheat and in two weeks time if my spring barley's there and any of it makes it we'll use it because they know that wheat actually is going to make the money and the malting barley is just going to cost the money ultimately yeah wow makes us look awesome actually at the moment well i mean i'll just are we talking our book you know, we've taken a view that, one, we're going to take in some pretty 
strange looking valleys. We've tried to segregate the absolute best. We went very early in getting stuff into stores. We've got some very sound bins. But as the weather developed over this last weekend and week, there's some strange sites that have gone. We've got resurrection bins, we, we call Well, I think that's, that's the most important thing you said. That the segregation, we have got a so, grade. Yeah. You know, we know where the really good kit is, and we know we've got a bin that we've taken on, mainly for the benefit of our store members, to kind of help something that would traditionally be a feed barley. Well, we've got what well, we, we don't know yet. Re- resurrection, or the Jesus bin, is the ones that we'll call dead, but if we can rise from the dead, because someone changes the goalpost and says we'll take something that's... You know, yeah, not very sharp, then we're still there pitching and we haven't got to make a decision in a hurry. But there's a bit too much of that. I don't think the UK Molster has yet come to terms with it. They're certainly yeah. not reacting in the marketplace. Mm. And, and I think my instinct of this is that I think they're well satisfied on carryover from old crop for the time being. And they've got a lot of stuff on contract they think is coming. But I don't mm. think all of it is going to come. I think a lot of it's going to... I think the yield is there, but I don't think necessarily all the acres that people originally planned no. are theirs. We know of a couple of farmers on contract from Ulster who they've not got the tonnage they committed yeah. to because they put an extra field of wheat in. They didn't bother yeah. to tell the Ulster. So I think there's a few moments coming where the Ulster's not got quite as many tons as he thought. Mm. I think that and the fact that there are a lot of them still on winter barley intake, so they'll, go, they'll be coming around to spring barley. You know, if you think mm. about it, in some ways, we can have a bit of a march on people because of the store members bring their wheat, yeah. their barley's in so I, early. We're a few days ahead of what they're I bringing. do find we have an advantage being on a site like we do here. We have farmers <laughs> looking out the window. We've got tractor trailers tipping, guys bringing their samples in, putting it through the lab. You get an instant kind of feel for things. Yeah, it's, I like, think sometimes it's like quickly. having a load of samplers out on the road yeah, very quickly. Yeah. I mean, there's still winters out there to cut in other parts of the country. Well, that's exactly it. And we Ooh. heard 10 days ago that they were sprouting in the fields. Yeah, and that's you know 100 and 200 miles north of us. So I think this is where things are slightly different, certainly around us and with the stores we operate. We are friendly to malting barley prices. That's the gist of what we're trying to say. Just spell it out to those who can't work it out, because we think there is one. There's some troubles with deliveries ahead. Um, there's some high price contracts that have been kicked into touch and kicked into feed. There's still loads of those that occur so it's in the commercial interest of some people to do that any tonnage that's lost or someone who's being told they're being downgraded then run it by someone else i would suggest i'll get in trouble for talking them up my fellow merchants the well the only thing though to just add into that andrew i know i agree with that that it is friendly but i struggle to see how it goes up in the nearby harvest available market because i mean we're a case in point there's only so much you can take at harvest and also how big can the premium get because you've got mm. you're going to still have a lot of wheat to come in so you imagine mm. wheat markets come under pressure if you exclude what's happening in the black sea mm. but the other thing is that hasn't really been reported is that china yeah. and australia have got their they're kicking things up again and last year china took a great deal of european barley and this year they're not because yeah. they were taking yeah. australia yeah. in theory yeah but I think if a farmer's fortunate enough to be able to sell the Oc deck market, great. But I think if someone's got to move barley in the next two weeks, you there's a limited amount. Ama- especially yeah. if it's wet. It's, yeah. it, this, is, this has been the issue. You cannot... I mean, the difference between harvest price and November needs to be... It's going to get bigger. 40 quid. Yeah. Because it's 16 quid mm. to 20 quid worth for storage, yeah. and it's extra haulage in and then haulage yeah. out. It's not a cheap option, but, is it? I mean, what the point comes when stores are full... Then it's like, where's your harvest market? To an extent, I don't want to be doing a manga, but never it's going to happen. <laughs> never full. I know. We, I know. We I know. played the win. Never full game I know, today. I know, I know. Anyway, no. The, so the Scandinavian thing was obviously good, wasn't it, Josh? It was good. It was really worth going. I think it was 
This time last year, if we went, I wouldn't have said anything because it was just, you know, you'd look at a field and it looks fantastic. Yeah. But to see the mood change in the European trade, you know, okay, admittedly 50-odd people, but there's definitely a mood change. And I think it will, you could tell that. Apparently no real fobs trade the last two days. Any socialising? Was it good, you know, beer up? Do you know what? Oddly, actually, they drank wine. But although on the bus, like, <laughs> they like their beers and they're like, oh, you drank more beer than last year. They're all up for that. And then you had some pretty spectacular views out of the hotel window, didn't you, Josh? Well, yeah, that was the, the favourite image of most people, Josh. Mm. Yeah, I won't put that on socials. We got to the hotel, I was on the phone to the office, actually, and then down the end, there was this... We were in the island of... I can't remember what it was. Fun, I think. Fun, I think. Anyway... There's this jetty, and the sea was really rough. But where we were, because it's protected from the wind, there were these two women that decided to go skinny dipping at the end of the jetty whilst on the phone. You'll have to send me a pin where that was. <laughs> <laughs> Webby's face is an absolute picture. I can it's send you the one like... three words. <laughs> Obviously, I was only checking that they were okay. They didn't drown. Exactly. Not watching yeah. them. Now, I remember because you were on the phone to me, and all of a sudden you went, oh, hang on a minute. There's two women skinny dipping out there. <laughs> Must have been pretty cold. It was cold, but they were young enough. <laughs> all right, moving on. Molding barley is all-consuming for us at the moment and absorbing the stuff in the store, and everything's been cut wet until the last few minutes. Most intake points have been completely rammed. It's no fun for a store. It's no fun for the haulies. It's no fun for the tractor drivers who want to get back to the field. Today's been a nightmare for us. We've been rammed. We were rammed yesterday. You know, if you've got three intake pits at 180 tonnes an hour and one dryer at 40 tonnes an hour, math says you can't keep up. We've had some, you know, well, why can't you tip it in that pit? We've been polite most of the day, I think, haven't we? Generally, we're kind of through the winters with a few clear-up bits mm. and we're on to the springs in earnest where we're down to the last bit. Broadland is now cut largely, so mm, yeah. 80% yeah. done in Norfolk. I'd, I'd say by the weekend, I think Norfolk Martin Barley be done. Yeah. I think. And because we've got dry weather for the next three yeah. days. I mean, these are also, we're looking outside and it is blue skies, and these are the best three days we've had all harvest. So it's encouraging. What commodities do we pick on next? Oilseed rape. Now's the time, Ben. You've been quiet so far. I'm just, you know, soaking it all up. Oilseed rape. So the oilseed rape market has remained, you know, pretty flat. But price-wise, yeah, price-wise. But there are definite problems in Europe, and in terms of stores around the UK, they are not full with oilseed rape. We're full. Yeah, we are. Yeah, it's unbelievable. And there's still more coming, isn't there? As little bits suddenly turn up. Suddenly, bits turn up from yeah, from someone you haven't spoken to for a week who goes, "Oh, I've got that oilseed rape on a lorry now." It's like what? What? But we're there. We're through it. We've managed it. Rapeseed is still being cut in other parts of England, I will say. But is it done up here now? Because there was some up in the north of the county that wasn't. Are we aware of that? Well, I know I went past those fields. That was on the little train. Journey. I went on the little light railway. Yeah. Which is very exciting. There was actually loads of rapeseed left to cut in Denmark. No. And it was about waist high. Yeah, I forgot to say that. The only fields I saw being cut was only rapeseed. Okay, I'm pretty sure that's going to be in trouble. The weather pattern in Northern Europe has been horrendous. Yeah. Let's be honest. Yeah. So I think now the rapeseed's in the barns, doors are shut. I think it's just a time to really watch the market. I accept that there's been rain in America and the soybean crop is doing okay, but I think there are enough troubles elsewhere. Do you mean the soybean crop? <laughs> no, I mean, I mean the soy bean crop, Ian. <laughs> Right, okay, so we've picked on rapeseed, so let's talk about feed wheat, Ian. <laughs> yeah, feed wheat, Ian. 
it's actually, and I hope this is not cursed, but it's actually been a really good start. I think it's yielding. I think some of the good land types have been belters. I think some of the lighter lands have been good. I don't think that I haven't heard of a bad one yet. No, there's one. Of, there's a couple of people who've said there's varietal issues they're not overwhelmingly happy with. You know, some of it didn't keep the disease out enough. I've had, I've had that today. And there's been the odd field that's flat. So we've seen yeah. some low kilo weight, but that's the exception rather than the rule. You know, we've gone down to sort of 68 kilo weight on a couple of fields, but largely get them out of the way while it's sunny and then cut the ones that are standing later is, is the tactic. Yeah. But in the main, I mean, they are a lower kilo weight year. I mean, we're seeing 73, 74-ish. It's, it's not a 78 to 80 like last year. No. But that was the exception, wasn't it? it was like... But the tonnage is greater. Yeah, I think so. The trick question is, if you say, how's it yielding? They go, oh, not too bad. But if you go, how much more than you were expecting has it done? That's the question, the way to us. And they can't cheat on that. They go, oh, well, possibly, you know. I do find a, a a farmer psychology quite funny because it's how you are. if a yield is utter shite, they'll tell you really quickly. They'll be like, oh. If it's really good, they're quite coy about it. Yeah. You have to ask it and in a certain just like, way. And they're just like, yes, all right. It's like, it's yeah. So it's, it's, yeah. <laughs> I find the opposite. I find if it's good, they'll so quickly tell you if it's average, they don't tell you at all. You have to be aware of what the general crop is doing and trap them. Mm. And then you know, the psychology doesn't allow them. They go, oh, yeah, yeah. And then they're thinking, everyone else has done better. I better put a bit. Yeah, probably about a ton. So it might be overstating it, but I don't think so. The bit that I was shocked about, so a friend in the trade mentioned... The strategy are coming out 14.3 for the UK crop. Taking the area, I mean, the, the AHDB early bird or planting area was, I forget how many, 100,000 it was, but he's been saying for a long time, 14.5. And yeah, strategy come out 14.3. I mean, a, another mate of ours in the trade, uh, Scotty, has put 15.3 on it. I think Scotty's closer than yeah. strategy. Yeah, so do I. I yeah. Yeah, but just from area, it felt like there was an enormous planted area last long autumn. way to go. North of England, we haven't we haven't mentioned that in the malting barley talk or the rape talk. Or, you know, so yeah. we're enjoying the the kind of top end of a high pressure down this corner, and the rest of the country isn't. And I, I understand they are getting some of it harvested, but there's a long, long way to go for that, and that could undermine yields, couldn't it? Definitely. I, well, I actually also spoke to someone in the seed trade today, and a lot of seeds obviously grown in the Midlands and in the north because of where the mm. seed plants are, they're easy to get to. But they are seeing pretty disastrous screenings on barleys and also quality on wheat. So the longer it goes on, if I was a farmer, I would be trying to book the tonnage of seed that I want now rather than the end of September. Yeah, so that's the other thing with uh, quality on wheat. You know, we know that there are definite milling wheat problems in Germany and France. And yeah. I think, you know, if any, any wheat's here with a bit of a hagberg, I think we need to watch these premiums carefully. Absolutely. We highlighted that a month or so ago when the weather, when we predicted the weather, yeah. which has done what we said. The immediate effect is going to be on Hagberg above everything else and then pre-germ or splits on barley. So all of those things have kind of come true. The barley is a bit more robust at coping with it, but the wheat's, well, we're still, the jury's still out. Jury's still out. But the one thing I would emphasise is if you do cut a crop and it's got a high Hagberg and you've got one with low Hagberg, don't blend it. Hagbergs do not blend. Yeah, very good point. I've seen people try. And you end up with no, no, you can't. It doesn't. It, it doesn't proteins work. will blend, nitrogens, moistures, everything will blend. Yeah. Kilo weights will blend, but hagbergs will never blend. And that's I mean, some of you. To most of you, I'm sure that's like teaching grandmother to suck eggs. But, but the point of this podcast is to educate and to allow for people who are 
learning or new or whatever, but you can never, ever blend Hagbergs up. Certainly, you know, if you go one to six ratio, you might bring the Hagberg up by 10, but you ruin it. It's a dynamic of sugar versus starch. Okay, so we've done feed wheat, we've done Aussie grape, we've touched on milling wheat, which we all know about, but we're kind of fighting shy of until we see the whites of everybody's eyes. What else can we talk about? Rye? <laughs> no. Yeah, should we talk about rye? No. <laughs> rye. We're a bar of rye. <laughs> Last year we had a podcast of right. and we did some rye. We had most of the trade offering as rye, which Ben had to deal with. Yeah, and I'm still dealing with it. I, yeah. Okay, there is rye out there. I don't know. I mean, again, I think, you know, if there, there could, I think there are probably rye issues in Germany. You know, if they've got problems with their wheat, they're massive consumers of rye. Uh-huh. To a rye boat? Yes, to a rye boat. Okay. To Germany. Okay. Should we promise them a Hagberg? They'd yeah. take that, wouldn't they? Yeah. <laughs> no, but other than that, it's obviously been a, pr- a pretty trying week, actually, I think. Should farmers, should they be selling? Should they be taking advantage of certain prices at the moment? Because wheat, if there's a big crop, right, the world can be doing whatever it likes and Vlad can be bombing stuff and, you know, there's all of these issues pushing or buoyantly looking at the market long-term going up. Short-term, it doesn't look like it's got much opportunity to go up, does it? No. I, yeah, short-term, certainly on feed wheat, it feels like the market is very heavy with that. And especially, we're going to have three days of amazing weather, lots will be cut and that's going to have to find a home. Longer term, as you say, Andrew, there are so... Globally, India are still closing their markets, you know, not exporting rice. That's a bit of a telltale sign, and they're saying they want to buy 9 million tonnes of Russian wheat, which is pretty unheard of. That one, I think, is actually politically motivated. Obviously, clearly, they've got... He just needs to get the food prices down in his country, but it is 9 million tonnes that could be bought by somebody else, so that is going to come and haunt the market, I think. Not that that entire 9 million tonnes will trade. He's probably using it as a let's dampen the market because this stuff's coming our way. Again, we've got to look at at the rest of the world having troubles. I mean, there is trouble in Canada still. They've been dry. They've probably got some of this moisture that's gone. I don't know. I've lost track of that. Is it it rained in Canada? I I must admit, I haven't followed it recently. The only one that, I mean, Ben, I think you flagged it, you really stay, but they're talking about prolonged El Nino that is going to keep rolling on. So we're already starting to talk about the next crop. So the next crop, would you sell it? No. Would anyone in the room sell it? I think I'd be tempted if I could make 200 for a knob position off feed, the farm. Feed wheat extra. Yeah. yeah, gets back up there. Just because I think growing costs are going to be less and it represents a good margin. Oil seems to be, everyone seems to be saying, hang on a minute, oil's going to start going up again. Has anyone picked up Yeah. Now? Well, that's going to start picking prices up again. Yeah, yeah, and on the oil thing, don't forget, I mean, obviously, OPEC have already cut production which is obviously having an impact on the market. We're getting through the summer now. We're heading into the winter. Yes, oil demand will be picking up. Should we have a beer? There's some in that box over there, and I haven't got a glass. I bought some from Brantill Farm, Teddy Morph and Bruin Morph. Oh, lovely. You talk about the whites of their eyes. I like to think about the whites of their teeth. Yeah. One of our farmers did an absolute storming gag on Ian, and the office did just... I mean, it was brilliant. Ian, would you like to respond? And I'll save that, but um, for later. But I did, it was one of our favourites, walked in. I'll name him, actually, Robert Neil Wilson, who is a bit of a legend, we all love him. But he walked in to the office, didn't say anything, just shielding his eyes. He's like, is it all right to look? And I was like, brilliant, absolutely priceless. We had another farmer call up and say, can I speak to Ryland, please? (laughs) 
Now, I think the most remarkable thing about this podcast is it took Ben 23 minutes to bring up your teeth. So on the basis of the loosely laid trap with two twigs and a big hole underneath, what shall we talk about next, Ian? Are we about to talk about holidays in the middle of harvest? <laughs> no, no, one, no one would take time off this week, would they, See, surely? surely I, that's what I would have thought, Andrew. And had he have read the new employee handbook, he would have read the bit that says no holidays in the harvest period. And Ben, is this a harvest period? It's hard to tell. I barely see you at harvest, Ian. <laughs> so let me just get this right. Ben's taking some time off during working days yes. in the middle of harvest with the rape and the rye not sorted and leaving us holding the baby. Right, I just I need to spend a little bit of time with my family in the summer holidays. Yeah. None of us have families. Please. <laughs> We're all one family. Yeah, yeah the oh. fact that I've spent more time with you lot than my own family is a little bit sad. Indeed, so maybe October, November, December, January, February, March, April, May, or June... But yeah, no, you're right. Absolutely, we, we're very caring, and your boys, no, I do your boys are a certain age, which you know you got to have some fun in the summer holidays. But it is an open opportunity in the future for Ian to score the equaliser. I would suggest. Hundred percent. No, no, I, I totally accept it. I totally accept it. Stop smiling, Ian. When are you back? Tuesday. Oh, blimey. <laughs> Can I just say, Webby mentioned the employee handbook. I've worked here for five years. It's the first time I've seen it. <laughs> Good. I haven't even opened mine. <laughs> yeah, Webby's been reading it a lot. He's very concerned. He's really concerned about the internet policy. <laughs> I can't think why. Yeah, very true. Yeah. But, you know, so, so, yeah, we're a very professional bunch. Yeah. Vince has come along and he's done all sorts of good things on that, you know, yeah. so... We can't take packages delivered to the site anymore for personal yeah. goods. It is quite worrying, though. He did put them round, and they all came onto our desks, and it was like, he had to nudge us to actually read this. And if you look, actually read the new handbook, I did actually have a skim read. Well, that was a lively one. Well caught, Andrew. Yes, managed to open a beer and then spill it everywhere. Did you ever read the, the headline in, just the front cover? <laughs> No, no, he did, did read it, and it was fascinating watching his face as he went, oh, oh, really, you can't do that. <laughs> well, we're clearly moving into a corporate world. Did it have any rules about the harvest do? You know, the post... Mm. You know, that's, we've got to start thinking about that soon, haven't we? Because now we're in the middle of harvest. Yeah. And, you know, where to go and all the rest of it. And then what we're allowed to do and not, not to do. Yeah, I think we need to have a two-metre gap between all our seats or something. Well, we got. Well, where should we go? Where's the, you know, what's the, have, we got, have you got any thoughts about it? Oh, I can't. No one's thought about it. Let's go to Denmark. Yeah. <laughs> Let's go to Sweden. <laughs> Let's go swimming. <laughs> no, I reckon Denmark's more fun than the birds of it. <laughs> Did you say that? I'm just saying. If you had to pick it between the two. Yeah. Also, everyone says that Denmark's expensive. I think now compared to the UK, it isn't actually. Okay. Yeah. I mean, it's not cheap, blatantly, but pint seven quid, pint of peroni in seven in the UK, seven quid. Mm. Okay. Yeah. Well, it's not as cheap as uh, Norfolk, is it? But, yeah, go to London. Well, our beer's about no, 6 50, Yeah, literally, yeah. They, they, if you went to the yeah. Black Boys, just the local pub Mailsham, you'd be se- nearly seven quid for pint of bread, pint, easily. Pint of Madry in the Black Boys is 6 50. Yeah, exactly. 2 50 in the Hague Club. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but that's pretty feral. That's worth and No Googling, one's allowed in the there. Well, they are. If you're a member, I'm a member. You should pay your membership. Well, they tried to kick me out, didn't they? They did. Because yeah. you said, I used to... Yeah, no, well, go there, 
was a bit of a trigger moment, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, it was. He was he, and he was Welsh, but there you yeah. go. Anyway, so largely, tomorrow's going to be much the same as today, I think, isn't it? Yeah, I think, I mean, the forecast I've seen, hopefully, for the weekend and into next week, it's okay. Yes, my point being that we're going to have another 1,500, 2,000 tonnes of grain delivered to Yeah, Yeah, And Cantley will be the same place. Our outside stores are not up and running on their dryers no. most of the time because they've got their own stuff no. going through or whatever. And that is a, has been a burden, hasn't but it? But I have got a very good plan. We just put the phones on divert to Ben's mobile number whilst he's on holiday. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that'd be fine. That'd make him look really busy for Sarah, wouldn't it? <laughs> I don't realise you worked as hard as that, Ben. Yeah, yeah, all the time. <laughs> 17 calls holding. Well, it would save bloody overhead anyway. Where are you going to, anyway? I almost don't want to tell you. I'm going glamping. Oh. And it's called the Leomani Tower in Essex. Oh. It's very nice, actually. We did have a bit of a breakout, and I did Google it, and it did look pretty cool. The building's, like, incredible. Right. Loads of old history. I don't know what period you'd say it was. No, but it just looked, yeah, really nice. I suppose a new history. So, <laughs> glamping, so you're in a bell tent or you're in a, like a, a fabulous... No, we're in some kind of fabulous thing with hot water showers, but it is, yeah. So it's, oh, okay. Yeah, it's really, so, and then they do, they cook you pizzas and, yeah. Outdoor swimming? There's an outdoor hot tub for us, yeah, so I'll be sitting in that, thinking of you lot. Well, we can give you a ring, I suppose, can we? Yeah, yeah, I suppose right, Ben, everything all right with you? Yeah. Right. And I'm going with a couple of friends, and I must admit, the guy, the husband, is hilarious. I've got to be careful what I say, actually. He is a captain for an airline. Okay. And some of the stuff he tells me about what goes on is pretty hair-raising. Well, should we do you give, have the podcast kit? Get a, like a, you know, interview, I don't think he can. Interview, like, an but, anonymous But I'll give captain. you a taster. I think there was some pretty tasty porn shoots on the planes when it lands. No. Yeah. So anyway, he's full of really funny stories, so I'm going to have quite a lot of fun just sitting there right. listening to him. Well, no, no we, we envy you with that, because it is going to be rubbish here, but don't worry about us, all right? We're going to be absolutely fine. Yeah. Who? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. What do we do with that? <laughs> anyway, so with that, are we good? I mean, tomorrow morning's going to be the same old early start, everyone coming in. I don't know what, what it's like for you on your farms out there, but I, I guess you're cracking on with harvest. I guess someone's not moved something, you're getting agitated with them or whatever goes on in your head. If you can give your merchant a day's grace, if it doesn't have to be out until the day after tomorrow, maybe maybe that would be a nice thing to do because sometimes you know you just can't ram everything in a small hole at once. But uh, <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> what do you think of that, Webby? He's run off. <laughs> he can ram a small thing into a big hole. <laughs> uh, sorry about that. Anyway, so yeah, my point is <laughs> that you can give everyone a bit of grace on it, and uh, and the hauliers, the poor buggers, they you know they're getting held up at some places. We held some people up today. We got rammed at one point. Something mm. broke, and everybody stood there looking at us like we should be doing something, like. Yeah, tip it in the concrete and we'll sweep it in later, mate. But, the, yeah, these poor buggers have got everybody calling on them at the same time. And, and I guess good humour, politeness and all of those things, courtesy is what we're trying to achieve everywhere. So tough times and very, very stressful. But in the end, we're doing a good job. It's a nice industry. Everybody is actually pulling a rope in the same direction. And we should all be proud of that, I think. So I think on that note, we can uh, we can sign off on a positive end, can't we? And uh, happy to the end of uh, harvest, which hopefully is near. Yeah, it should be over by Tuesday morning. 
Yeah, thanks everyone. I've missed Harvest now. <laughs> no, cheers lads. Right, you lot, we need a bit of a favour. We would like you to give us a five-star rating on the podcast. Please give us a review if you want to. All you have to do is like and subscribe and give us five stars. Okay? That's it. Simple little request. Cheers. Thanks for listening. Make sure you subscribe to get updates on new episodes and when they are released. And follow us on Twitter and Instagram. We are at Dewing Grain. Call Dewing Grain on 01263 731 550 or email info at uk. The Dewing Grain podcast is produced by East Coast Design Studio, a full-service creative agency specialising in websites, digital marketing and branding. Get in touch to inquire with their friendly team on info at eastcoastdesignstudio.co.uk. 